0: CFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using Grow CFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the Grow CFO show. I'm your host Kevin Appleby and with me today I've got one of our mentors Susanna Serrano Davy. Now normally when Susanna's on the show I'm interviewing her about something quite deep that she's an expert at. That today we're talking about strategy. And this is going to be more of an equal conversation because Susanna, as a CFO, has been involved in a lot of business strategy with her various businesses. Myself, as a management consultant, frequently been involved in helping a business to develop a strategy as part of a consulting assignment. So we thought it'd be a very good subject for a chat, especially after having Felix velardi on the podcast very recently. We were talking about business strategy with Felix and how to scale at speed. So Susanna, after that long, long introduction, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Hello. It's such a pleasure to be here chatting to you today. And I look forward as well to pulling your thread uh, because you have a lot to offer, as many of us do. And I think sometimes because you focus on your guests, we miss out a little bit. So, uh, wish me luck but i hope that throughout the conversation today we'll we'll manage to hear more about your own experience and how that can help us so as you said in the introduction i think today we're going to be talking about strategy what is strategy how do we go about making it happen because there is a big difference between thinking about something and making it a reality and also when i think about my career and a lot of times especially people that are on the Grow CFO program, people who aspiring leaders, that strategy is this such an elusive thing. We're often told you need to have you need to have a strategic mindset. You need to have a strategic thinking. And actually, when you're earlier on in your career, you haven't got a clue what that means. So, Kevin, what's strategy to you?
0: Strategy to me, I think in terms of a number of strategic Objectives or strategic imperatives. And it's probably you've got a vision, or the board should have a vision of where the business has got to go. And the strategic objectives kind of reflect what that looks like in two to three years' time. Okay.
1: So it's, I guess, where do we want to head to or where do we want to go? Yes. Exactly. Excellent. Yes. And if you I mean, as you said earlier, we both had uh, experiences in different organizations where there's been a strategic imperative, so something we need to achieve, whether that might be, as your podcast covered last week, growing a business times three very quickly, or it might be cutting costs or relocating your finance function outside, whatever it is. Because, of course, strategy, there is. you can have your business strategy and also sometimes finance itself will have... A strategic plan to move from uh, point A to point B. So if imagine for a moment that I'm a CFO in a current role and I've got a big task ahead. And I call you, Kevin, as a trusted consultant. How would you come in? How would you go about building and deploying that strategy? How would you help us?
0: My experience is I've come at this in probably three different situations, Susanna, over time. There's, there's been situation one where client has a vague idea of where they want to go, but they've mm-hmm. never really properly articulated it. Situation number two has been several times doing a, a KPI project, balanced scorecard project, where the clients decide that they need some performance indicators around the business. They're measuring too much historically, too much financially, and they want to change that. Your first question is to say, well, okay, so we're going to start measuring non-financials. What are your business objectives? What are the things that we're supposed to be measuring? What are important to you? And you, you get to the point, at least I've got to the point on several occasions, where it's been quite clear that the business has been trundling along for a period of time, doing what it does, doing business as usual, and there's actually no strategy. So it's very quickly crystallized when we start talking about what performance indicators should we be building that they just haven't got a clue strategically what's important
1: so I guess the first step then is to either make sure you polish a strategy you might have or define more clearly uh, the strategy you might be thinking about. so if you can yeah. as a consultant, I guess just getting the basics right. is that yes. perhaps a I way to so.
0: yes, and situation three. Has been business is in a bit of trouble. Okay. And you go, you need to go and take some cost out. And one of the key techniques of taking cost out is zero based budgeting. You go Mm -hmm. through everything in the budget and you decide whether it's in or whether it's out. When you start doing that exercise, there are always people with their own pet schemes, their pet projects.
1: There's always
0: people that will come along and say, oh, yeah, but. You're cutting costs, but whatever I'm doing is the exception to that. You've got to keep mine because blah, blah, blah. Now, you've got to go into that sort of exercise with some very firm criteria. Mm-hmm. And again, it comes back to what's the strategy? Okay. And my first two rules, if I was doing a zero-based budget, would be, number one, if I take this cost out, does it stop us doing business? Okay. No. Well, okay. It stays if it's absolutely essential to the business, if it's fundamental. Mm-hmm. Question number two, if I spend money on this thing in the budget, does that line up with one of my key strategic objectives? Yes or no? If it doesn't line up with strategy, it goes. So those are the first two criterias. Then everything after that is up for debate.
1: So I help strategy helps you identify the red lines. Yes. Yes. So it becomes easier and more consistent for everyone to say yes or no. So you're able to face after these people that think okay. their pet project is the most special one. And we've been coherent, I guess, make that decision of yes, this stays so, in or this stays out.
0: That That's a lot going into this a long way for me to go back and say, okay, you come into the business, I'm coming into your business and you want me to help you with strategy. Well, I think in saying about why I think we need strategy in those three different ways, helps reinforce what strategy is, Susanna. Mm-hmm. Strategy can't be some airy fairy, ill-defined thing, some vision about, oh, in three years' time, we want to be three times the size, we want to be we've got this woolly mission statement about what we're gonna do. Okay, that's not strategy for me. That's just some sort of vision statement.
1: Or an outcome, I guess, because I think one thing is outcomes, and another thing is what's behind that outcome? What are we actually trying to pursue? Because we may be able to get to that objective in more than one way, don't you think?
0: That's right. But what a CFO needs out of strategy is the criteria by which he or she sets the KPIs and monitors the KPIs, sets targets, or that the CFO sets the budget against. You might not be doing a zero-based budget because you're not in trouble, but you've still got to set a budget. You've still got projects coming through, and you've got to have some criteria against which you say to a project, is this the right one to be taking forward? There are probably always more projects around an organisation than you've got cash to do. I agree. To criteria, okay. We all know as we passed our exams, we heard about net present values, internal rates of return and things like that. But actually, the the bigger criteria is, does this project fit with strategy and the business direction? Yes or no. Okay.
1: So once we have those red lines, our strategic imperatives clear, how would you go about working out what you have to do to get there? If we just part the, the 0 based budgeting for a moment. How would you say, okay, this is what, where, I want, where I'm heading, this is what I want to achieve, I know why. How would you then define almost like the roadmap and,
0: and what's in the okay. way? We start from two ends of this, okay? We start from where are we now and what have we got to change? Mm-hmm. And we can start from where do we want to be in three years' time and what does that look like? Okay, okay. I think you've got to do both. So probably the first thing that I would want to do would be say to each of the members of the top team, now, go away and by yourself, quickly do a SWOT analysis of this business. Individually? Individually. Okay. Okay. There's a reason I'd want them to do it individually. And okay, we might have all gathered face to face in a workshop to do this. But I'd say to start off with, I'd give them 20 minutes to do this by themselves before we took the output, okay? So SWOT, what are the strengths and what are the weaknesses of the business? Those are the internal things. Then there's the external things. What are the opportunities and what are the threats? Mm -hmm. Then we put up the big SWOT analysis on the wall. It could be four flip chart sheets or whatever. And I get folk to write down on post-it notes mm-hmm. what these strengths are and get them to bring them up. Try to get them to limit the number they're going to put up to maybe half a dozen in each quadrant. Otherwise, it gets a very big and very messy exercise. Okay. Now, because you've asked people to do this separately, the right amount of thinking has gone in. And just because Jane has said X, Fred hasn't come along and – amplified what jane's been saying about x and the discussion goes in one particular direction at least there's been independent thinking to start off with from half a dozen minds who all have slightly different views of the business and so you'll find you get business. a balanced view okay. yeah i agree so once these post-its start going up on the chart though you should see some areas of commonality so one of the exercises to do is you get the post together is to cluster them, okay? And you'll see some distinct themes coming out. Number one, this is a good area to get some debate starting. Okay. If things cluster, people will start talking about, oh, there's this opportunity. They'll start talking about the opportunity. They'll start fleshing it out a little bit, okay? Oh, there's this weakness. Really? Is it a weakness? Oh, yes, it is because, and you'll get other things coming out. And very quickly, you will find that some clusters come up and you can start almost feeling some priorities around the room. Okay. Okay. You've flushed out what's important right now through doing the exercise. You've got some discussion going, which means you've now got some consensus in the room as well. Okay. Those are the two probably most important things to do.
1: So if we pick an imperative as an example, because we are very much speaking in general terms here, if perhaps we pick one of your earlier examples of having to this uh, scenario three when the business is in trouble and one of the opportunities or threats that come on the table in this discussion, uh, how would you try and balance? Because I guess... Without an individual example, it's quite hard to picture because to me, what comes to mind is how sometimes, at least in my experience, you get in these situations, you have conflicting, almost like a pulling at two ends. There are people that are saying, no, we need to pursue growing our revenue. And somebody else says, yes, but without growing, if we don't cut costs, we can't. So how do you get that balance between are you focusing on growing your business? and forget costs for a moment and take a, not a gamble, of course, but take that a strategic bet, I guess, or say, okay, no, no let's just cut costs and then we'll think about growing the business once we've got a lean structure. How and Can you give us an example? You know
0: what, Susanna, there's no right answer to that question. Mm. Thinking back to my last, I call it proper job, but, um, <laughs> Before I set my own business up, I was a a management consultant in a a company called Michelle. And back in 2010, we were in very big trouble as a business. We had a fantastic consulting business, but our problem was that we had one client. Mm. Our one client was, was, well, we had a bit more because we had a practice in the Middle East, but principally our client was UK government. Okay. UK government in 2010. Was general election, the coalition came along, conservative Lib Dem, and we went into austerity. Now, austerity is very, very bad news for a company that only trades with government, whichever arm of government it is. And our biggest division was highways, where well, we project manage projects for the highways department. And a lot of them would be minor road schemes. Put a new roundabout in here. We'd be project mm-hmm. managing it. We'd be helping let the contracts, whatever. So, from the position that we had probably 500,000 pounds with a business, oh, sorry, 5 million pounds with a business with the highways agency, the mm-hmm. highways agency suddenly said, well, actually, our total, total budget for roads next year is only 5 million. Wow. Oh dear. What a cold feels.
1: shower that was.
0: I, I can't remember the exact numbers, Suzanne. I'm just putting those in for. Yeah. For example, but yeah, literally, the entire budget of the highways highways agency was what they would normally have spent with us in a year. So suddenly, we're in trouble. So number one, we had to get rid of cost pretty quick, Mm -hmm. and it really was a question of is it necessary? And probably we did. I'd been seconded to the business strategy team. As working with the strategy director and John and I just sat down with every department and we were playing bad cop, good cop. I was the the accountant. I was going through the budget and getting whoever the budget holder was to explain every line in the budget and why it was there. And John, the strategy director, doing bad cop was saying, and please explain what happens if we don't spend that. And I think the, the biggest single decision we made through that exercise is we, in the, the half an hour on Wednesday afternoon, we called the entire graduate program. Okay. And it was that severe a cost-cutting yes. exercise.
1: Yeah.
0: And, yes, we had to remove cost. And the problem, Susanna, when you get into a situation like that, is generally you can make the decision, but the cost doesn't go away straight away. Of course. An awful lot of that sort of cost is people driven. And, and we had a situation that you decide you're going to let some people go. Well, a three month consultation period started followed in a lot of cases by people being given three months notice. So from the day that you decide you want to get rid of the cost, it doesn't actually go away for six months. So I think. From that point of view, there is an imperative on working out what's in and what's out and getting on with it pretty quick.
1: I agree. And I think what comes to mind when I'm hearing you tell us about this particular scenario, or to me, maybe the obvious conclusion or thought is what were these guys doing with their strategy? Because actually you're talking about a SWOT analysis being a very good tool to help you deliver a strategy. But to me, I guess it's also about if you have this mindset of being constantly aware and reactive to your SWOT analysis to prevent situations like this. Because even early at uni, uh, you learn you shouldn't just have one client. Don't put all of your eggs eggs in a single basket. So I guess a strategy, uh, and we started talking about what strategy, it's a moving thing. It's not something that you suddenly get in the boardroom one day, draw your strategic plan, and then have it nap while you just implement it because mm. everything is constantly changing, don't you think?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Everything is constantly changing. And I don't suppose we ever thought that we did just have one client because we had, we, were, we had the highways business. We had a management consulting business, which was the one that I was part of. And we were doing projects all over government. And we, and when we looked at the sales team, and we had the central government team. We had the local government team. We had the health team. We had some huge contracts in the health service doing um, was and the national project for IT. We had outsourcing contracts with a number of uh, local authorities. So we thought we had lots and lots and lots nice. of different clients we did. But in the end, they were all UK government. And guess what? UK government was doing austerity.
1: (laughs) Part of the same basket. So what can a CFO, you think, do? What's the CFO's role as part of that management team? Again, if we take this example, hindsight, of course, is pointless, but it's also very insightful. So what do you think were some of the lost opportunities, shall we say, that the CFO of that organisation had? What Could they have done differently?
0: One of the problems, Susanna, in that sort of situation is when you've actually let it get to the point that you've got a crisis. There's very little you can do. Okay. We realise there were things that the business should have done years before. We should have sorted the cost base out when times were good. Okay. And this is this is probably an example of the strategy not going into sufficient depth. Mochelle as a business had grown very quickly over the years through acquisition, and they acquired some very interesting and very successful businesses. Mm-hmm. But the issue was that the businesses were left to do their own thing, which was great as far as client relationships go, was great as far as those businesses still being vibrant and growing but wasn't great as far as of the cost efficiency of the organization. When you're turning in huge profits, nobody particularly worries about cost. People only start worrying about cost when there's a burning platform. And the acquisition strategy should have gone to a level lower that says, okay, so we've acquired the businesses. What exactly do we do with them after acquisition? And part of strategy should have been integrate the back office. Mm -hmm. That was missing. We found that one of the things that we did after the real knee-jerk, zero-based cost cutting, the next thing that we did to try and save the organization, and by the way, we failed to save the organization. Okay. We implemented shared services. Mm -hmm. So we said, hang on a minute, we've got – 10 different back offices, we've got 10 different finance teams, 10 different HR teams, can't do this, we've got to consolidate. We've got to at least put the transactional part of all of this into our own internal shared services.
1: And of course, it's much harder to do that when you have a strained organization that is already hemorrhaging. It's, yes. it's yes. much easier to and think about these things and implement them in the good times, as you said.
0: And it, it made sense because... You've got to cut the number of people you've got in the back office. And having a single accounts payable team, a single accounts receivable team, it all makes sense. One of the issues when you're trying to do this in the organization's hemorrhaging cost is you've got to spend some money. Now, persuading Persuading our finance director, who was already talking to the banks, was making sure our lines of credit were all in place. Was extending the period of time we took to pay suppliers, was trying to do as much as possible to get debt in earlier. But the organization was really, really cash constrained. And we're coming along and saying, actually, come on, we've got to spend some money here because if we're going to put shared services together, we need a shared service center. We need need a building to physically put these people in. An investment to refurbish it a little bit oh, look, it's fine putting shared services in, but we're not actually going to get the efficiencies unless we take 10 different finance processes for the same thing and turn it into one finance process for the same thing. So we've got to invest in some process reengineering here, which may mean we've got to invest in some systems changes here. There's cost saving, but there's a bill. And this is all part of why... You've got to get the strategy right in the first place. You can't do these things at the last minute when you're hemorrhaging cost and they've become so urgent. I I agree. So you know, this has turned into more of a more of a conversation about, about taking cost out of an organization than well, I strategy.
1: Think I was just about to say, let's try and draw from our conversation some takeaways, some overriding thoughts that can help us in defining our strategy, whether that might be in our organisation or within our finance department, um, things that might help us develop a plan to embed it and make it happen. And also, more importantly, I think as, as we've covered as part of the example that we've discussed, how do we keep an eye on, on the ball because what's happening in our environment, external environment can very quickly push our strategy out of the way. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm taking away, I hear with my notes, to always have that mindset, even in the good times, that actually costs are key. Yes. Uh, so it's not just about having the pipeline of revenue. What other things?
0: can we and take it's, your- it's, it that's that is a very key thing because when you start talking strategy and you've got the goal that you're getting somewhere in 3 years time which normally means a business that might be 20% 50% 100% bigger your mindset is entirely focused on growth so behind that it's where are the new clients coming from where are the new products coming from or do we have to acquire a business to get there and it's all The grow, 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 acquire, develop. And the mindset has to think about the cost side as well. I agree. You've got to take that out, that angle. If you don't control costs when times are good and when you've got the luxury of time to do the right things, you're going to be lumbered with those costs when things go wrong. So that's very, very important.
1: So that's a, a massive message also i guess is that degree of realism when you are deploying your plan because i have uh, come across and i think we all have read it in the news and when we follow perhaps um startups and and businesses that are have this pie in the sky kind of scenario that i think very early on they only focus on that growth side we're going to grow clients we're going to do client acquisition we're going to we going to grow but actually that growth may not come. And therefore, if you let your cost grow too much, um, it's just never going to happen. You end up perhaps uh, getting more rounds of finance and ultimately pursuing a strategy that is not realistic. And from my point of view, and you may disagree, the CFO is there to drive, help drive the business towards achieving massive outcomes, but with that almost like a critical friend sense of, Realism to make sure that we're not just fooling ourselves in the process and and end up in a failure situation that can happen sometimes.
0: I think you'll get some very we've talked about the business that needs to cut cost, but if we're talking about the businesses in the the high growth situation, I think you're gonna get some interesting tensions and tensions that could be really good for the business. I think the CFO has to be. The critical friend, as you describe, has to question everything. To be able to question everything, ask the right questions. Well, you've got to have some clear strategic objectives because you've got to have some criteria at which to question against. But you will get folk in the business that are seeing things through rose-tinted spectacles. Okay. I would say there's a the place you're going to find that most, and there's probably going to be biggest tension, is with the folk in the marketing team. we we as accountants Susanna and people that have been in CFO type roles know that it's us that run the business problem is these marketing folks think they run the business
1: yes and I think it's that (laughs) chicken and egg situation and another key message that I take away from my conversation with you is don't be afraid to reach out to tools uh, Mm. such as the sort analysis because they're there for a reason they may not be perfect they might be a little bit cumbersome but actually they can be a really good guide to yeah. help us ask the right questions at the right time and therefore
0: and uh, move on. No, you're, you're in the so you're we're in the growth situation we've talked about zero-based budgeting being a great tool when you're in the, the cost cutting situation but say you're in a growth situation we've done the swot analysis and we've managed to crystallize out four or five fairly key objectives If I was doing a balanced scorecard, the next thing that I would do would be to the team through a systems thinking exercise. And I'd take each objective one at a time and say, okay, fine. You said there. what do you want? What do you want in three years time? Or might be shorter than that from the SWOT analysis. It might be, we've got to get there in 12 months or whatever. And then I'd say, okay, so what drives that? What are the key business drivers? Can you give me two or three things that will drive that objective? And they'll start talking about stuff. Okay. And then I'd take it back another layer and say, so, okay, what drives the drivers? And you'd start building effectively a cause and effect diagram with them using a system thinking technique. And you crystallizing out to a level lower each time. You need more of something. You need less of something. And that gives you a big understanding of what, you've got to do in practical terms in order to get to this objective that's two years out.
1: Do you know what I think might be quite an interesting podcast to do, if you (laughs) may agree another time? Perhaps think about what has your toolbox been in your career from an, an academic perspective? So what are the three or four or however number of techniques that have been most useful to you. Because some of the ones you're alluding to now I'm not particularly familiar with. And I think it could be something useful for other people to say, actually, if I haven't heard of this, I'm, i might read an article on it. Yes,
0: Susanna, um, that's probably a great idea. And <laughs> I think we should we should do that. That's yeah, you know, what are the three or four things that i found most useful? And then what are the three or four things you found most useful? Yeah. And I, absolutely. I think that could give us a very, very interesting perspective. But yeah. You know, Fantastic. that's this is what embedding strategy is all about. It's about what your objectives are, but then working out the things that you've got to do to actually make those happen and then putting measurement in place to make them happen. And people that should be measuring stuff, in my firm view is the finance team, so the CFO has a key part to play in setting up all of the non-financial measurement. I agree. It's a difficult on these days because there's loads of data. Everybody's got access to data. Everybody's got their own numbers, but there are the accounts. Everything you measure should at least in some way be reconciled in the accounts, so you don't have a constant argument about oh, the accounts that the sales were X, but the sales team was saying they were Y. How many times have you sat in a boardroom and had that argument?
1: And also, every number that materialises in the accounts has non-financial things happening before. I need to drive
0: that number. And I always say if you're managing the business from the account, so managing the business from things with pound signs, well, it's the same as driving your car, but just looking through the rear view mirror.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, I think we've had a really interesting discussion. Thank you for letting me pick your brains for once. It has been very interesting. And I look forward to our next podcast
0: together. Yeah, Susanna, it's been really interesting sort of changing the balance of the recording see what happens. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you <laughs> no. for being Bye. part of today's Gross CFO Show.
1: My pleasure, as always. <laughs>